I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, every school hq as much as the mighty may fall week to week the mighty also rise up in the end because that's what my weekend was the balls fall saturday in the swamp only to rise and spend my sunday afternoon uh enjoying the 2-0 atlanta falcons who uh get another dub in mercedes-benz stadium to move to 2-0 on the young season against a very good Green Bay Packers team to talk about what happened and why the Falcons in their uh, fantastic uh, throwback uniforms were able to get the dub and start 2-0. We've got Max Markovich, Padea Python legend. Max, good evening, sir. How are you? Good evening. I'm fantastic. If you ever want to know what LaDainian Tomlinson looked like in that throw- fantastic throwbacks Falcons uniform you saw yesterday. Uh, wow. I, I, we can get into B. John. I'm doing great. Uh, 2-0. Couldn't be happier. Um, I could be happier. I mean, I'm enjoying 2-0, but there, I could be happier with some Falcon stuff that we'll get to. But still, not a whole lot of complaining starting out 2-0 after the last couple seasons that we've had here in Atlanta Falcons land. Also here, 99247 Sports, Garrett Chapman. Garrett, good evening, sir. How are you? Uh, much better. 2-0 is much better than anything else that uh, we've seen from the Atlanta Falcons in the past couple of years. I mean, look, I think this is only the 11th time in franchise history that we've started two and oh this is not yeah this is not something that's been common in atlanta so this is a great start i'll take what i can get you know and uh we've got two very difficult games coming up so the next two ones are going to be if we can get if we can split the next two and we'll see what we can do but uh, i'm feeling good feeling death taxes desmond ritter not losing home games a tradition unlike any other the man can't lose at home we will not read the second quarter text from the group chat. We will leave those out. No, I'm going to leave with it. Uh, that way. 
I mean, two things can be true. Falcons are 2-0, and and I still think Desmond Ritter is probably the worst quarterback in the NFC. I think both are both are the same, but I do love the dog and him getting mad at the fan in the fourth quarter and uh, getting amped up, and he had a nice little come from behind. He, he has some resiliency. He's got some dog in him. I wouldn't say he's got the whole dog in him, but he's got some. He's got some moxie. It's just... It's okay. Bijan's the star. Bijan's the engine that runs. Bijan's the guy who pops off the page and had the the big time breakout game here. Uh, PFF Offensive Player of the Week. Um, but we'll get into what made Bijan's uh, Sunday afternoon ex- especially special. But Max, you weren't here last week. Each week we're gonna do our sports radio lead take of the week from coming out of this game. If you had to lead the Atlanta Falcons Atlanta Sports Radio show the day after what would your lead take be uh after yesterday against the packers max okay you're putting me on the spot i think i didn't put him on the spot this has been in the rundown for for hours (laughs) i came in ready to talk regardless of the topic (laughs) the lead story is Bijan's. Bijan's him Bijan's that dude Mm. uh we don't have to talk about the like positional value stuff anymore we just get to watch him play and like he's the most exciting player the Falcons have had definitely since Julio maybe since Vic uh I I think and it's not only that it's you're seeing the ways in which his presence adds value right Mm -hmm. like they're going to him on third and three on a slant against a linebacker split out wide on the biggest play of the game right on a on a on a pass Mm -hmm. uh they're going to him on the fourth and inches on a pitch play on, you know, like cause QB sneak was stuffed earlier in the day. He's the guy. And, and for, I think there was a quote in the post game from Jake Matthews. I want to say talking about how he's really like, he's earned the trust. And, and that's coming from Jake Matthews, who is the guy who has started every game ever for the last 800 years. He was he's, actually the left tackle during the Truman administration. I mean, he forget that fun fact. And he started every game that year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Bijan. Bijan won them this game. Um, and I think there are a lot of other things to unpack. I think the defense um, really stepped up at the end of the game. Um, I think I'm still going to be patient on that defense, and we can we can get into why. Um, but the lead the lead sports radio, uh, you know, the headline is Bijan. Man, like he's here, and he's. I, I don't know what I expected from him, like. I didn't watch every Texas game last year. I watched a lot of the highlights and stuff, but like whatever I expected, he's better. Uh, That guy is unbelievable. And it's just fun every week to be able to turn on the TV and watch him play. RB value be damned. He's awesome. I love it. Garrett, do you share that one or do you go a different way leading off the Atlanta sports radio show in 99, the game today? I mean, (laughs) He's absolutely the story. I mean, he's the biggest thing in this city, especially for the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, he is the reason they won this football game. Um, he's the best player on the team, and he's played two games in the NFL. And I think it's pretty clear uh, that he is uh, just the the cog of this offense. Uh, Dave Archer, who's the the voice of the Atlanta Falcons, or one of the voices of the Atlanta Falcons for the Falcons Radio Network, he was he joined us this morning on the station, and he said effectively that this is a modern day Barry Sanders, like. That is very high praise, mm-hmm. but the way that he can shift from left to right, start he can start, stop, accelerate, and just leave people in the dust when he needs to. But he can also make plays with his – he can be out there for three, th- all three downs, make plays with his arms – or with his hands, I should say, and his arms. But then he can make plays with his legs. Um, I mean, the guy's a stud. But what I'm going to – just for the sake of, of this podcast, I'm going to 
cite something else. I'll, I'll just say that the, the fourth quarter defense, hmm. zero first downs allowed for Jordan Love, who also went 0 for 6 in the fourth quarter. Uh, yeah. They had three. That, that was huge. I mean, look, the, the defense gave the offense an opportunity uh, with the way they played in the fourth quarter, especially with the way Jordan Love started. Uh, yeah. He was picking apart this defense. Uh, A.J. Terrell in the secondary didn't look too great. Um, A.J. Terrell himself, I mean, I think they just sort of avoided A.J. Terrell a little bit more than anything. And Trey, Fowler, Trey Flowers was, was just not very good in this game. And He got benched uh, in the middle way. They, they put in, um, who did they put in for? They, they put Mike Hughes in. And then, yeah. yeah, it didn't really work. They subbed him better. in after like yeah. the third quarter. And it's just, it, 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 the, the play in the secondary needs to be a little bit better. Um, and if you, once you get Jeff Okuda in there, I think that the, that play is going to elevate. I think it'll be a little bit better. Well, also, AJ Terrell had some really clean plays in this game. AJ Terrell, like... I was pretty good. Yeah, he was, he was on good. the right-hand side. He was side. fine, but they just avoided him. And, yeah. and it's not good for your secondary if you can just pick on the other side of the field. Yeah. It's also worth saying the best receiver the Falcons have played through two games is Romeo Dobbs. Uh, <laughs> maybe Adam Cleveland. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's there's, there's a lot of open question i think the defense has played well through two weeks i think we yeah. i think we're all happy with how the defense has played but i think it's worth taking a pause taking a beat and recognizing that uh this packers offense is going to be good but they were missing aaron jones christian watson and david bakhtiari uh yeah. those are three very very important players and i'm not going to get too carried away i do want to see them with jeff kuda i think that's that's i, I don't know how good jeff kuda is going to be but he's not going to be uh, trey flowers and that's that's positive yeah. yeah, and I mean, also, the Falcons are missing some key defensive pieces uh, in this one. Troy Anderson, obviously, was not a go, and we learned to, a, let me check my notes here, um, a Nate Landon was uh, here in week two, and he was he good. About Nate Lamb in, uh, in the preseason. You asked, you asked for, yeah. like, some deaf guy to watch, and I gave you Nate Landon, and he I, played well. He had a you love play. Nate Landon. Hold on. Why did, to refresh the good listeners, why you were high on Nate Landon, and then what you saw. Well, get, here's your uh, 60 second Nate Landon moment uh, to do your victory lap here, Max, on Nate Landon. I'm, I'm first of all, it's Landman. Uh, Landman, whatever. See, well, hey, get two more starts and I'll get I, his I, name. I, right. I, it I took me a year to get Troy Anderson and not Troy Morgan, so it's going to take some time. I think you still call him Terry Fontenot. <laughs> so, I mean, come on. I don't know. That, I don't he's Fontenot when he's good. He's Fontenot when he's bad. <laughs> Fun no. When he has money he's to spend, not when yeah. he takes Jalen Mayfield, and he's fun no when he takes uh, uh, Clark. Uh, yeah, Clark whatever. Phillips. Yeah. Um, like Nate Landman, I don't have a huge victory lap other than to say, like, when's the last time you trusted? When, when was the last time the over hit on one and a half middle linebackers from the Falcons you trusted? And now yeah. it, it's probably three, uh, depending on you know how you're feeling on a given day. And okay, Nellis. Uh, redeemed himself after a bit of a tough uh, first week. He had a great sack, um, and I I like that room. And that's the first time since the Deion Jones Devondre Campbell era. I don't know that we all loved Deion, Devondre Campbell at that time. Um, whatever. Point being, I think Nate Lamon showed you he can he could play some valuable reps and that there's some depth on this defense that we haven't had in a while. And that's my only victory lap other than to say, I, I liked him in preseason and I thought he was confident and I was glad he made the team. And also Bud Debris had a good play late. So he did some stuff. David Onyemata, I think has been awesome. That was a great signing this off season. Um, I think the defense as a whole, is just more aggressive and like Jordan Love yeah. had a good day, but like I just have not trusted the Falcons defense to this degree in a really long time. And I think it's just an exciting brand of football. 
um, to this point. And I also, they're just fun and they just, they have some toughness to them. They have some, they have some moxie on both sides of the ball and the Falcons aren't really getting pushed around. They, they weren't scared of the Packers coming in um, to Atlanta. I thought the other thing too, and we can get here. I think that was probably the biggest home regular season atmosphere we've seen from the Falcons fan base in a really long time. I mean, Garrett, you're still local when you're in the building. Like, were you there on Sunday? Were you inside? I wasn't there at this one. I was there week one, um, Mm. which I think was actually the first game that I've seen in person that the Falcons have won at Mercedes Benz. Um, Mm. I've had a pretty brutal stretch of games, but no, no, it it was, it was a pretty strong crowd presence. Um, It was enough so that we, it it came up a few times in in our post game. Mm. Um, Look, it's been a little while since the Atlanta Falcons have had a, a, a successful home stint, you know, it's like mm. having a good home field advantage, you know? I mean, like we've won a good number of our games coming back uh, the last couple of, like, I think it was like, I think we won like what, eight of our last 10 home games or something along the, those lines. So it's very important to, to protect your home field advantage. But as far as like an intimidating place to play, it hasn't really been an intimidating place to play since the Georgia Dome. That's just my opinion. Um, I think on Sunday they they showed a little bit more intimidation factor, I guess, but it, I, it's still not up there on that in that list of the short list of most intimidating places to play. I will say that. But this I think it was just it, yeah. Go, go ahead, ahead, Max. This team also hasn't given that that fan base a reason. No, to, yeah. you know, like I I think that's one of the things about about Bichon specifically, but also just sort of the 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 edge of this team like you saw that video post uh, post game from the locker room they posted the guys just dancing like this team hasn't had that kind of like cool no. vibe like Bijan is a guy you're gonna go to the stadium to watch him play and I think that that will inject a level of excitement that we haven't seen especially if they keep winning and you know that stadium has been half empty a lot over the last few years um maybe for good reason and, and it helps them if you're averaging six and a half yards per carry with Bijan Robinson. He he made it look easy at times, and it was it was just he was exploding down the field, and then before you know it, he's five or six yards, and he's blowing through the first line of contact. And what he was doing is was just silly. I mean, he he was folding people like lawn chairs out there just with quick moves, and it was awesome. And I get, yeah, people, like you said, people are going to show up if, if you have a guy like that in the backfield and you give him the ball and then you have guys on the outside who can actually make some, make some guys miss and make, make some problems for defenses. Um, and I think we finally saw a little bit more of that. And Desmond Ritter, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like if, if Desmond Ritter plays like he did in that second half, I think that we have a better shot of winning more football games and of course, making it a better place to play. I just don't think people who are like, we just need that consistency from Des. And I'm like, I just... That's that's what elite quarterbacks do. They're consistently like that I mean, in the second half. It's who like, is the better quarterback? Not today. him. Who is the better quarterback? Desmond Ritter or Jordan Love in this game? Oh, Jordan Love. Jordan Love had some really good balls. Jordan Love was doing it with a lot I, less talent. I was Jordan, Jordan Love, to be honest, he looked yeah. good. No, he looked good. He had a couple really good plays, but it's like Desmond. Desmond had some. He, they, they survived some of the cold moments. Yeah. But then once he got hot, I mean, like, look, he was he orchestrated the offense very effectively in that second half. Like he had a kind of a tough first half, but the second yeah. half he looked much improved. So well, you're going to take the good and the bad, and just young quarterback. Like Chase, you've been saying that he's the worst quarterback in the NFC. I think that's probably true with the way Sam Howell's playing. Yeah. Um, but I also think he can be the worst quarterback in the NFC and still better than Marcus Mariota last year. Oh yeah, I hundred percent agree. 
100 agree there's like a real passing game in there that they yeah. didn't have last year that they can channel and he made he that throw to, to london to start the, the the final drive like that's a throw mariota couldn't dream of making and the, <laughs> the the um the over route to london on third and 15 like he's got it in him it's mm. like he can't have those like five boneheaded plays he makes and and expect to be good teams. Yeah. They haven't burned him yet, but I mean, he yeah, will he threw, soon. He threw that pick right to Jair Alexander and mm-hmm. somehow just dropped it. Uh, it's worth noting AJ Terrell also dropped the pick, yeah. possibly pick six. Yes, he did. Um, and he threw one right to Quay Walker that I have no idea how Quay Walker dropped. Um, but like, I don't know. It's it's maybe worth getting into like, did they make a mistake not like bringing in like a Jimmy G? Because uh, I I really think this would be like a 11, 12 win team with like a the fifteenth best quarterback in the NFL. I really but I think they could still get to ten. My prediction before the year was ten and seven, and I still feel pretty good about ten and seven. I think Des can get you to ten and seven, and then like we've talked about in our text thread. The thing I've got looking at it is like if we make the playoffs, host a playoff game, get that monkey off our back. You have mm-hmm. Bijan, you have all these pieces. Then you, the final move is the quarterback, and this is a loaded quarterback class next year. So it's like that. I'm just not really panicking about the quarterback situation for the Falcons because they're in such a good spot around the quarterback. And if that's the last thing we're worried about is like, hey, we won the division with the worst quarterback in the NFC. Guess what? We've seen them be aggressive in the offseason before with a player who will not be named. Like they are going to go after somebody um, this offseason. This front office, they know. They're watching these games. They're seeing what's happening here and where they're still handcuffed on offense. But they're also seeing that Bijan Robinson is super special. And that was a home run where he has six mixed tackles, number one offensive player on PFF uh, this week with 88 PFF grade, 19 carries for 124 yards. Like Bijan is. I mean, I'm very fascinated to see how he just captivates the city because his personality is also kind of electric. So when we compare Barry, personalities aren't really the same. He does not have a Barry Sanders personality uh, the least bit, and it helps that he's wearing Michael Vick's number seven. Yeah. But I think that's the star part of it. But the best place to be in in football is to be a really good team or be a good team and not have the quarterback yet because then you're like oh that's the final thing we just trade in we have everybody else it's like what the cowboys did where there's teams that have done this where they build everything else out and then okay now we can draft a quarterback and he walks into Bijan, kyle pitts drake london good offensive line aggressive good defense that's a recipe for success for whoever that is whether it's shador sanders bo nicks michael Penix, whoever it is I just now will I be mad if they don't draft a quarterback next year and they are like we can do so much look we won the division with Desmond Ritter look at what we've done we can we can keep doing this then yeah we're gonna have some problems and then he's Terry Font not again and uh, <laughs> that's just not where you want to be you want to be Terry Font no on this very program but um, I don't know I think that's that's where I'm at are, are we all not on the same page there uh, I'm not I'm not ready to do a post mortem on Desmond Ritter yet you love I mean... Desmond Ritter Garrett. It's not that I love him or hate him. It, it's nothing to do with that. Buy the jersey like, the and we'll is, talk. Buy, put your money where your mouth is, Garrett. Buy no, the Desmond no, Ritter jersey. I'm not, not going to do that quite yet. No, <laughs> look, I, I'm not I'm not fully convinced that he is the dude. I'm not at all. I'm also not fully convinced that he's he's going to be the reason they lose a lot of football games this year yet. I agree with that. Not yet. And look, and, and he could turn around. Like he, This is a guy who started six games. He yeah. started six games. Let's give him a, give him a minute. You know? I, like, let's I, see what enough. he can do. I understand <laughs> his draft pedigree is not that of... of 
most of these other guys that you see or, or you're con- comparing him to. But I mean, Sam, you meant Max, you mentioned Sam Howell. What have we seen from Sam Howell? Like, really? Like, I mean, he's he started what three games? Like, you've had a, a small, tiny inkling of a, of a sample size. Mm. Now, would I be surprised if they don't go after a quarterback next year? If it if it's obvious that he's your weak link, yes, I'd be very surprised if they're not aggressive in 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 solidifying the quarterback position. It's the most important position on the field, and it's going to be a glaring weakness for it if, if Desmond doesn't improve his play. But I, I I've seen the flashes of what he can do. Uh, I, we've also seen the really cold spots, and they've survived survived those so far. But I'm not ready to to cast him out just yet. I think his floor is good backup. His ceiling is competent starter. We haven't, or his, his ceiling is competent starter. And I haven't, I don't think we've seen enough yet to, to declare one way or the other. No, and I'm also like, we're going to have so much time to talk about next year's quarterback. Yeah. Uh, and like a 2-0 and team just like to me isn't the time. To me, it's more just like, what, what can this team be this year with Desmond Ritter? Mm-hmm. And there'll be plenty of time to talk about what it is after the fact. I am, I mean, I think it's pretty clear. Like that's the infinity stone that Chase, you drop in like an elite quarterback and this is like a capital C contender. And like, Mm. that's exciting to think about, but I'm just not there yet. I will say that like, there's going to be people like if this team goes 10 and seven, wins a division, loses a playoff game, whatever, there's going to be people who are like, oh, you, you priced yourself out of an elite quarterback at the top of the draft. Like, not so, next year. They're everywhere. I know. Well, well that's what I was going to get to. Back in the middle, you know, living in the middle, you can't win without a great elite quarterback. Like, that's just wrong. And, mm-hmm. like, I think this team is showing itself to be well coached, um, building winning habits, have a really nice core. Mm-hmm. And next year's class, it's not going to be that you have to be at one or two to get a starting caliber quarterback. And I think that anyone who's like any percent upset that they're not like bottoming out for Drake May or Caleb Williams or whatever, like, I I don't think they're out there yet. But I'm just saying that that will happen if and when, you know, this team finishes maybe how we think they are this year. For now, I'm a lot more interested in like, yeah, in that first half, I was ready to be like, man, this team should have just like gotten a better and stopgap and and like a real starting quarterback and seeing what this could have been that second half showed me something especially with his legs his ability to create uh he got some of those third downs the way they're building the running game with him where he's a legit option to keep Mm -hmm. uh, the touchdown he scored like there's there is stuff to work with here and so i'm way more focused on like okay what is what is that going to look like than i am like what's the succession plan because it's we're months away from thinking about that for sure. Just enjoy the moment. I just like it's one of those things where I just in the back of my mind, that's where I'm at. He has to prove me wrong in terms of changing where I'm going to be at in April, May of next year, while also very much enjoying this year. Like I can watch the Atlanta Falcons for three and a half hours on Sundays, enjoy all of it, and also compartmentalize that I don't believe Desmond Ritter should be the quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons next year and that I'm looking for them to draft someone else. Like you can two things can be true. You can enjoy both. Do you believe that he should have been the starting quarterback this year? Yeah. Okay, I think we're I think we're, you know, we're all on the same page. Yeah, yeah I, think, I, think, uh, I think so. There we go. I mean, it, I don't I don't know if the, the other dude was out there necessarily. I know you you've said Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't. I, no, I don't want Jimmy Garoppolo on this team just because he doesn't play and you kind of already know what he is. Um, Desmond, I wouldn't we have hated Ryan Tannehill say, for a year, like a flyer on Tannehill with this group. I wouldn't have hated it. I don't it, think, but it was I, I said the same thing. He looked pretty bad this year. 
Yeah, but but the thing is, why would I take a flyer on somebody who I already know what they are instead of look? I I, this team is not a Super Bowl contender right now. Like they're not. Like they have too many glittering weaknesses, and we'll see that when they when they take on the Lions, and then when they subsequently take on the 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 uh, the Jags. I mean, when they actually play legitimate teams who can do stuff in the the come playoff time, um, then I think we're going to see some more of these glaring weaknesses. Now, uh, that doesn't mean that this can't be a good football team. But the thing is, it's like I'm not taking a flyer on somebody, somebody who wants to be paid $10 million, $15 million to come be your starter. Why would I pay that guy when I can just – I have a guy like that, like this on the roster right now, and we could see what he can be. Worst case, he doesn't work, and you move on next year and draft your next guy, or or maybe you make a move then, yeah. and trade for somebody. I mean, I don't think anybody was going to fool this team with a Super Bowl contender. So I'm fine with this being a stopgap year. I have expectations for this season, and I have ex- I expect this team to win the NFC South. But two things, like you said, can be true. Just I by like the way, it. I am good. No, I this is, might be a segue, but I am not convinced the Lions are better than the Packers, and I'm I'm. I, the Jags are flawed too. Like, I think that sure. I, I think I thought these next two games were harder preseason mm. than than I do now. I think one. I think splitting these next two is is attainable. Um, but I mean, we also said before the year, like two and two after four is just fine given the schedule after that. So, and I, and I will say, I just cited those two because there are next two opponents, and, and I think like that they're two teams harder. who are are playoff teams, and I I wasn't a hundred percent sure. <laughs> that the Packers would be a playoff team. They're playing a lot better than I expected them to be playing at this point in the season. Um, but pre, I'm just basing it off of preseason expectations that those are two teams who are going to be in the postseason. Um, if you objectively look at the Falcons schedule, there are not a lot of play, not a lot of teams who are going to be expected to be in the postseason. Of course you have the one from the NFC South, whoever it's going to be. I think it's going to be the Falcons just in general, but mm. um, not the point. I mean, but then you have the Jets and the, what the, I mean, which I don't even know. Jack I mean, Jacksonville was in the playoffs last year. Detroit yeah. was in the playoffs, and then the Jets were in the playoffs, and then the Tampa Bay, I guess. But look, it's not a great schedule, so you're not no. going to have a lot of measuring sticks. So I don't know. We'll see. I think these are your two biggest games of the season, as far as like your most difficult games. Yeah, I would agree. I'm just feeling pretty good. I'm not as nervous. Like I think the Packers, you could look at it, was the toughest game on this uh, the upcoming slate um, by and large. Jags. Obviously, I think will be interesting, but look, I'm not really shaking. I think this Falcons team is going to be able to hang with a lot of folks. And that was something the last two years and what we've seen with Arthur Smith in general is they hang with teams that you don't think they're going to hang with. Like they play up to their competition. They go to Buffalo in the snowstorm and are in a position to win when no one gave them a chance like that. That's just been a staple of Arthur Smith's teams and also the way he calls games like they're very much in a way where they're going to drag you into the muck with them. And Desmond Ritter is not the kind of quarterback who's going to self-destruct at the very least. So you just look at it, running the football, Algier and Bijan, the defense being a lot better. I just don't see a scenario where they're just getting boat raced or they're imploding against good teams uh, over the next few weeks. Um, Max, under talked about reason, though, why Atlanta won yesterday that you when you've heard a lot or seen a lot, read a lot about what happened with the Falcons yesterday. What do you think is an under talked about thing that you saw as to why the Falcons beat the Packers? what a good question um i think the pass rush late came alive uh Mm. i think one guy who um had i been on last week's show i would have sort of flagged uh, i don't know i don't know if you guys talked about uh, arlena vichetti Mm. 
his he played like I think he played like twenty percent of the snaps week one. Mm. Um, he started yesterday. He got really valuable reps toward the end of the game, and he got pressures. And I yeah. think that's something that I was really encouraged by because I was starting to you know get a little antsy about that because um, I do think this team needs to it's going to need to establish like a a guy or close to a guy to rush the passer if it wants to be like real, real teams. And this Packers offensive line, even without Bakhtiari is good. Uh, it's a really good offensive line. Um, and I was really encouraged to see like real, they got real hits on love toward the end. It got pressures. They made it difficult. It wasn't that like typical Falcons thing where like they get a few quick first downs in that last drive and we have to sweat out like a Hail Mary um, or a long field goal attempt. Like, they shut the door, and I think that that's a real testament to the pass rush. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think from a national media perspective, like I, I don't think there's been a lot of talk yet about this Falcons defense, and I think that's warranted. Um, but to just, like, see a competent defense that you're not, like, totally resigned to getting, you know, kni- knifed and just hoping they can hold up in the red zone um, is really nice, and it's what won them the game, uh, two stops at the end in particular, like, won them the game. I like it. What about you, Garrett? Um, Time of possession. <clears throat> I know you talked a little bit about Desmond. I think Desmond Ritter had a lot to do with it. It was the balance on offense. Uh, they were able to throw the – come the second half, they were able to throw the ball effect pretty effectively, and then they ran the ball extremely effectively. Um, Tyler Algier was a bowling ball late in this game. Uh, dude just wore down the, the Packer defense. And then you bring in B. John Robinson, and he's just – it's it's a true lightning and thunder and lightning combination between those two. And they're and I think they have quickly become one of, if not the best running back tandems in the NFL right now. Uh I don't know of anybody who'd want to face those guys. But it's like you look at the time of possession, I got it pulled up right here. 36 minutes compared to 23. Hmm. That's massive. Massive. I think they d- almost doubled their total plays. Let me see that. Yeah, it's 78 to 47. Hmm. Time of possession. And that that is really your number one thing. And Max, like you mentioned, it's like that helps your defense kind of gear up, you know, and get back out onto the field and get after the passer. And when they're not sustaining drives for long periods of time, I think that's your or the, the your opposition that I should say. Then your defense has more opportunities to gear up and, and kind of go after the quarterback. And your best defense is sometimes a good offense. And it's one who can run the ball and control the clock. And they did that very effectively in this game. I like that. And I think that's going to be a staple again this year. I think they're going to be able to dominate time possession and play the bully ball mm-hmm. that they want to play. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be effective more often than not, uh, is is my guess. Um, biggest winner slash biggest loser uh, this week for you, Max, for the Falcons. I think the biggest winner, we've talked about Bijan ad nauseum. I don't think we have to talk about him more. I'll say Drake London. Um mm. I was really, uh, I don't know, I, like the fantasy discourse pisses me off so much. And like the week one, like Drake London didn't have a catch. He had one target, blah, blah, blah. Like Drake London is really good. Drake London's fine. Uh, there's nothing to worry about here. And he's like a very, very important piece to this offense. When it's like a, a, a big moment and they need a downfield threat, it's him. And I think he's sort of somehow become a little underrated just because his passing offense is, is wonky and, um, you know, 
whatever. Mm. Uh, but I, I was glad to see him get the touchdown. He had the two biggest catches of the game, probably. Uh, and he's a stud. And I think he's – I don't know if we want to talk about Kyle Pitts yet. Uh, I'm getting a little worried. I, I'll, I'll, I'll say him for biggest loser. Um, there's one more honorable mention that I'll, that I'll use. But I don't feel like he's 100%. Um, and watching him play makes me a little bit uncomfortable right now because I don't see the same kind of acceleration, and I feel like he gives up on some routes, and I just don't, I don't, I don't feel the same way about Kyle Pitts that I do about Bijan Robinson. And I, I thought I would, you know, like when Kyle Pitts was coming out, it was like unicorn. They're gonna use him in all these crazy ways. Like he's gonna be like nothing you've seen before, and like that's Bijan to me, and it's. It's not Kyle Pitts, and it's less the counting stats as it is, like, I don't know, man. Like, there are just times where, and this is completely anecdotal, but there are just times where I feel like he just kind of gives up on routes that aren't immediately there, doesn't come back to help his quarterback. And I do think the injury is part of it, and that's purely speculative, so maybe a little bit unfair. But, like, London and Bijan is option one in this offense. London is option two, and then there's, like, a pretty big gap to me. And then Pitts is is third. Hmm. What do you think, Garrett? Uh, I I, I mean I I don't disagree with the Kyle Pitts commentary. Um, it's as much as he gives up on stuff. It's a frustration level. I think I think he's hearing the outside noise because he's talented. He's he's an immensely talented player. Um, but he's always going to have this massive billing in this city as the highest tight end ever drafted. You know, and so like, can he deal with that? I don't know. We haven't seen it yet. I mean, week one or year one, I should say, usually good. And you flash him in that potential. Year two, um, obviously not so much. So we'll see what he can do coming off of the knee injury. And I think that that was a very meaningful thing to consider, uh, you know, because, I mean, he did have sustain a pretty significant knee injury. So I want to see what he does like later on in the season. And again, I'm, I'm not going to I don't want to overreact to anything that he's done so far this season, uh, because I think the offense is still by and large trying to feel itself out um, and they're trying to figure out who they are. Now, overall, I think they did really, really well, but as far as big biggest winners go, I'm just going to say Arthur Smith's trust in his offense, just, just mm. trust in his dudes, you know, because they were three for four on fourth down. Yeah. And it, it's, it's not even the, the fact that they, the, the three for four, it's the fact that he went for it four different times. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> Like, and not all of those he needed to do that. Like, there was that play late in the second half, or first half, in the second quarter, where they ended up going for it. They pitched the ball out to Bijan, and Bijan picked up the first down. They ended up getting six points in the drive. Of course, you have the young way who missed, but that's not the point. The point is, he trusts his dudes. He trusts his dudes to pick mm-hmm. up the yards when it matters. So I'm just going to say Arthur Smith, because I, that's that's awesome. And I think it was a big reason why, in in the end, that they won this game. I like I that. that yeah. I love that call. I I think that there's a I mean there's clearly a different attitude to Arthur Smith this year. He hasn't hid that in any way, shape, or form. It was always year three, and I think he was really excited to get to year three. And I don't think he goes for it on fourth and one there in previous years. Like I mm-hmm. I don't at the end. Um and I think it's one of those plays where like it might be a little narrative y, but like I do think it's one of those plays where He's trying to like build confidence in his offense early in the year and say, you know what? Like we've been leaning on this defense all day. 
Like, let's just go get a freaking yard here and put this game on ice for real. And I think that's awesome. I think it sends a great message. Bijan talked about, like, he knew, like, he knew it was his, like, he, he had to get the first down and, like, all he wanted to do was get the first down, like the offensive line, whatever. I think it's just one of those plays that builds trust and, like, yeah. is it kind of a weird call to throw, throw a pitch on fourth and inches with the game on the line? Maybe, but, like, Bijan's, you know, whatever. Special. Second most running back in the league. So it is what it is. I, I love that call. And I think that an honorable mention there in the same vein goes to Ryan Nielsen. Uh, mm. I've been really impressed with just the coherence and organization of the defense so far. And I'm, I'm excited about, about what, what could happen there. Also the pass rush just seems like they're playing more confident. Like you mentioned yeah. Ibiketti here. Like there's just a lot of dudes like they're they Lorenzo Carter. You look at certain guys in this defense right now that I didn't have confidence in a year ago and wouldn't have confidence in with Dean Pete's that I just, I think it, they're almost playing more free to me it looks like up front. And I don't know if that's just because they're having more success. That's what it looks like. But for me on the outside looking in, it does feel like they're just a little bit more confident that they can get home. And I mean, maybe it's just the veterans that they've added that have helped a lot with Glaeus cable Campbell, uh, David on um, Bud Dupree. Like there's a lot of vets now um, who've had a lot of success in this league um, to help push Ryan Nielsen's message. But I think that combination uh, can only help guys like Epic Hedy get to that next level. While, yeah. while we're on while we're on winners, uh, I saw today the highest highest graded PFF player for the Falcons in that game was David Onyemata, um, and that shows off when you're watching the games. Like that pops, that matches. I think it's clear, and I think it's probably a testament to like Grady Jarrett, honestly, uh, mm-hmm. a little bit. And he's been you know a little quiet by his own standards, but like having a guy who can like truly punish opposing offenses for like keying in on Grady Jarrett is something we haven't had ever. Um, yeah. And so I think he's been great. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. And I think that he's, he's been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of Perry at Jerry vibes there. <laughs> More no, like this is, this. I think actually having the consistent play of defensive line of your defensive line has mm-hmm. really helped these edge guys. And so it's like, you're actually seeing all this stuff coming to fruition. And I think, and I will say this too. It's like, I really think that this team can get a lot better. You've seen, this is a young bunch. And I think you really see that Desmond Ritter doesn't have a lot of experience or or chemistry with these guys yet, Mm. but I think that builds. And if they continue to grow and stay healthy, especially on offense, then I think this team, this team could be pretty good, like a pretty good team. I want to, and because we saw something, we saw something from this team. They went down 12 points and mm. it was late in the game and they didn't hesitate. There was no second guessing themselves. At least it didn't seem like it. And they just sort of pinned their ears back and said, let's go play ball. And I think that comes from the head coach. It comes from your coaching staff and it comes from the leaders on the team. And I think that's a really good sign for where this team is headed. Um, uh, and I'm really confident. I'm really confident. And that Arthur Smith said the same thing. He said, it's great that we're 2-0, and and it's even better that we have a lot of room to improve. And I think that that's a nail on the head. Yeah. One more name I want to drop as a winner, because I just I didn't know how much I'd love him, uh, is Matt Collins. Uh, mm. He's got the guns, man, and not just for show. He's the new He's the new era. <laughs> new. Uh, oh, enjoy- wow. That's I'm high enjoy- bar, man. Sanu was I'm really good. Underrated Falcon, Muhammad Sanu. He was. Very underrated Super and even underrated. more underrated that he yielded a second round pick somehow at the end of his career. But uh, shout out to Sanu, uh, paying more dividends than not. 
Yeah. Good for I just throw his name in there. I love that. I love that. Um, well, there we go. Week three coming up next week. We'll see if the Falcons are able to start off 3-0 and here. That'd be cool. I'm here for it. Uh, Garrett, what can the good folks check out from you uh, across 929 The Game and uh, 247 Sports this week? Lots of stuff. Just so lots of football, you know. So Friday we've got uh well we've got Atlanta United on Wednesday. I'll be in studio covering for that. Um, five stripes looking to make it two games in a row that they get a win as we come up to the end of the regular season. Then high school football, we're back. I think it's week five already, halfway through the regular season, which is just an incredible thing. Football is such a finite thing. We love it so much. Like we're twenty five percent of the way through the college football season, mm. which is just a wild thing to think of, but. College football game time's back on Saturday morning, and then we've got more Falcons conversation on Sunday after hopefully their third win in a row. So let's there go. you go. I like it, Max. What are you your closing Falcons thoughts going into Week Three here? Because you don't have any Padilla thoughts because they don't play high school right. football. Yeah. I didn't bring up Joe Milne even once. It was great. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> he was far from the problems. Like that was not Joe Milne was on the bottom of the totem pole on Saturday. I didn't watch the game. I didn't watch the game. Um, okay, we can talk about Joe Milne another time. Uh, we don't have to. My closing Falcons thoughts, man, it's just fun to have a team that I'm this invested in. And like, I just wanted to continue the rest of the year because it's been a while since I was this excited about a Falcons team and not just like, it's a very flawed team. Like Garrett said, like, there's not a Super Bowl contender. And I think we all know that, but like having a team that's not a Super Bowl contender is still sort of like have me disinvested is really fun because I think it's the start of something like real and I think that that starts with the coaching. I have trust in this coaching staff and it feels very, it just feels nice to finally feel like this thing is on the right track for sure. I agree. Garrett Chapman, Max Markovich, always a pleasure. Wow. Pleasure. Always a pleasure. And I will talk to you guys next week. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 